Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. So we're going to look at this story in the Bible, but first we've got to look at the key character. It's a man by the name of Ezekiel. I think we have a baby Zeke in our midst tonight, a cutie little baby. Yeah, he's adorable. He's with us, Ezekiel. But Ezekiel in the Bible was given the daunting task to prophesy and to pastor the people of God who had been exiled in Babylon. That just means that they were taken captive and they were made slaves. And the hand of the Lord was on this guy. Uh, He had a great reputation, and today we know him as the father of apocalyptic, say that three times fast, apocalyptic literature. How many of you are kind of nerdy like I am? You like that kind of stuff? Thank you. Me too. So that's what we know him, and he's a pretty cool guy, but he did some really weird things to illustrate his messages. He um, eats a scroll He uh, shaves his head, although my husband said he didn't think that was very weird. (laughs) He also cuts off of his beard and he takes some and throws it in the fire. He chops some of his beard up with a sword. One time he wanted to preach a sermon to some people, but he couldn't get past the wall. So he dug a hole in the wall to preach a sermon. I don't know about you if you're like, uh, you imagine things in your head, but could you imagine a pastor like digging a hole in the wall? Good morning, church. (laughs) You know, like I can just see him digging a hole in the wall. So he's a little bit out there, but he uses imagery and he uses illustration because he prophesies messages that are very harsh and they're very hard. Some even refer to him as a doomsday prophet. But thankfully, ladies, the Lord does not just give us bad news without giving us good news. He doesn't leave us in places of destruction and he doesn't leave us in places of desolation, but there is always a purpose and a place for restoration and redemption. So we find ourselves tonight in Ezekiel 37 in the Valley of Dry Bones. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn there. We're going to work through the first 10 verses. 37.1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. That sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, we love that. We love the idea that God is with me and, and, and I'm too blessed to be stressed. My daughter, her senior year in high school, went through a hashtag blessed stage. Like, mom, I got Starbucks today, hashtag blessed. <laughs> I found these jeans at Plato's Closet for $8, hashtag blessed, right? We're too blessed to be stressed. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. How about this one? I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite, or the favor of the Lord is on me. Favor's not fair. You like that kind of thing? We like it. I mean, when we start singing the blessing, I come unglued. 
Right, don't you? Like I come unglued, I'm over here and I'm just having my own private time with Jesus. I'm singing about his favor is upon me and a thousand generations to my family and my children and I start naming them off and calling their names out from the youngest to the oldest. I even include their dogs. I mean, I get into it because we like, we like to be blessed. Thus, listen, I even have motions. How many of you were raised in a day that we did motions to our songs? I still kind of like to do that. You know, so, so may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He, I mean, are you there with me? Like you feel it, we sing it, we love it. I turn to the congregation, I'm pointing at you guys like, you, you are favored, you are highly favored, you're the head, you're not the tail, you are blessed. I got chills, you got chills? Right, we like that, we like that. Until life takes a sharp left turn. Not even a sentence later in this verse. Literally, there's only one conjunction, and. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. The prophet and the man of God finds himself in a valley full of bones. That sounds horrific. That sounds terrible to me. You guys, like Raiders of the Lost Ark on steroids. I would be totally freaked out. But Ezekiel wasn't. He wasn't weirded out by it. But he was probably disturbed because he had a deep understanding that the people represented by these bones, they were not only dead, but they were disgraced. These bones that he saw hadn't had a proper burial and they had been left in the valley where the buzzards and the scavengers would come and ravage them. He understood that. But ladies, if we believe that the hand of the Lord is upon us at the beginning of the verse, then we have to believe that he is with us in the valley of bones. I'm telling you that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And we might not understand the valley yet, and we might not understand the bones just yet, and we might not even get the season that we are in, but there is one thing that we can understand, and that is that the Lord is with us in the valley, and he's with us in the bones. This is for those who have been under a relentless attack. This is for those of you who have been crying at night. This is for those of you who don't see a way out and you don't know what to do next. This is for those whose marriage is on the edge. For those of you who are trying to convince everyone that everything is okay, but inside you're just barely holding on. This is for you tonight. This is for those who have the doctor's report. This is for those whose business is failing. This is the one, it's for you, who the enemy said, it's over, sit down, shut up, you might as well not even keep trying. This is for you. This is for the one who can't seem to catch their breath. 
because life has literally sucked it out of you. I want you to take a deep breath because this is the word of the Lord for you and it's for you tonight. Several years ago, uh, my husband and I had the privilege of going to Tanzania, Africa, not too far from where Pastor Lena was with those beautiful girls in Kenya. And we were there on a missions trip and we had been in the, in the deep part of the bush. If you've never been to the bush, it is quite an experience, needless to say. There's some really great things about it and there's some really scary things about it. We literally in the wild saw elephants and lions. There was at one point where uh, we went into a cave to use the restroom because there's no facilities. And as we were walking, I looked down and there were fresh hyena prints. And not like little puppy dog prints, right? I'm talking like one paw print was this big and it was fresh. And we were just getting ready to, you know, expose ourselves and go to the bathroom. And we didn't know if he was just right around the corner, like, right, right, right. Mufasa, Mufasa. We saw hippopotamuses, we saw um, tigers, uh, oh my goodness, we saw birds that were so big that their nests, because we went on a hot air balloon, were as big, the nests were as big as this portion of the stage. It was unbelievable, mind-blowing actually. But we would come out of the bush and we are on the last leg of our journey and all the ladies in our vehicle had to use the restroom. Imagine that. And the sun was setting, so it was near dusk. And our driver, whom I loved, his name was Moses, um, was a little unsettled. He really didn't want to pull over to let us use the restroom. But I think there were five of us, women, and one of him. So we convinced him that we would hurry up and use the restroom. And so he said, okay, but before you do, I need to go out. And he said this in very broken English, I'll be back and tell you when you can go. And he exits the vehicle. And I say, uh, we were pulled to the side of the road. It's just dirt. <laughs> it's, there's really no road. It's just dirt. And there's a little bit of a, a mountainside with rocks and he goes and starts to climb the mountain and he has this big stick and he just starts whacking the stick on the ground. And specifically, he would go to the rocks and he would hit these rocks. Well, come to find out, he was hitting the rocks to scare off the snakes, right? And so, Listen, there's all kinds of snakes in Africa, all kinds. I know, it's crazy. Most of the snakes in Africa are venomous, okay? That just means like there's a, there's a spitting cobra, it gets all up and spits at you, <laughs> blinds you, blinds your eyes, <laughs> you know, you can't see. Um, there's like black mambas are in Africa. It's really intense. I'm not, I'm being funny, but seriously, this is serious. And he's hitting the rocks because uh, there are also rock snakes. 
snakes that dwell among the rocks. And yes, they were dwelling among the rocks where we were going to go to the restroom. And so he hit the rocks to scare out the rock pythons. The rock pythons. Now here's what you have to know about pythons, about rock pythons. They ambush you and they take you down fast. So if you're standing, they would coil around your ankles and take you to the ground and then wrap themselves around you. And it's not a slow, like a massage. It's not like that. It happens very, very quick. And then they squeeze you and they constrict around you and they tighten their coils every time you breathe out. These snakes come after your breath. So every time you exhale, they tighten because they're after your air. They're after your breath and they're after your life. And the snake, as Revelation calls it, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, he does the very same thing. He wants to take everything from you and leave you breathless with nothing but old dry bones. Nothing but bones, nothing but form, nothing but structure. And the fact of the matter is that the enemy, he really didn't, he didn't care if you have structure. He didn't care. He doesn't care if you have a form of godliness as long as there's no breath. The enemy doesn't care if you sing the songs of worship as long as you don't have worship. The enemy doesn't care if you have religion as long as you don't have a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't care if you want to be discipled as long as he can keep you distracted. Is there any life? Is there any breath? Is there an anointing? And you can only go so far and you start to feel the squeeze because he comes to suffocate you and to steal your very breath. He squeezes you so tight you can't get your hands up to praise. You can't get the words out of your mouth. You can't take the thoughts captive. You feel constrained and it's hard to rejoice or to read your Bible quite frankly. Frankly, it's hard to serve God. For some of you, it was hard getting here tonight. It was hard, but you made it. And I'm glad you did because I want you to know tonight that somebody's going to breathe again. Somebody is going to find life come back into their times of prayer. They're going to find life in their gifts and their callings again. They're going to find life in a dream that they thought was dead and buried. It's time to breathe again. The enemy left you forget for dead. But I'm telling you tonight, you're going to breathe again. Your marriage, your family your resources are going to breathe again. Verse two, he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones 
on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. That just means that they had been dead for a real long time. And he asked me, are you catching that? He asked me. The Lord is speaking here. He's speaking in this desolate and dark valley. Because you've got to know, ladies, God doesn't just speak when we're on the mountaintop. He doesn't just speak when things are good and when we're good. He speaks in the lowest of lows and the darkest, the most depressed and the driest places of our lives. You remember that voice that said, let there be light, and there was light? The same voice that cast demons into a herd of pigs, the same voice that cursed the fig tree, the same voice that commanded the storm to be still, the same voice that raised Lazarus from the dead, that same voice is the source of all things, and he will still speak in your midnight hour and he is speaking to you tonight because he speaks and he breathes in desolate places. So he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Uh-huh. Are you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? There's 200, 206 bones in our bodies and there's a whole valley <laughs> of rib bones and thigh bones and hip bones and all the bones, all those dry bones. Can these bones live? I mean, he's surrounded by hundreds and thousands of bones. And he says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, I call that diplomacy. I, I, I think that's a great way to put it, Zeke. I mean, you got it going on. Because the truth of the matter is, sometimes, ladies, we just don't know. We just don't know. We're just not sure. Have you ever been there? I mean, when you just weren't sure, it doesn't look like there's any hope in these dry bones. It doesn't look like there's any hope in this valley. It doesn't look like there's hope in this mess. As a matter of fact, it gets messier and messier. Things just keep getting worse and worse. And when every breath you take leaves you gasping for air, I think that may have been where the prophet was at that point. Son of man, can these bones live and the prophet he answers frankly I don't know I mean Lord it's all dead it's all dry and there's so much there's so many broken dreams there's so much pain all of these bones they've been ravaged by grief and disappointment disillusionment and they've been disgraced but he's very specific in his answer and he says, only you know. If you don't get anything else here tonight, ladies, this is what I want you to get. Your circumstances do not have to dictate your faith in God. I'm gonna say that again, cause it's really good. 
Your circumstances do not have to dictate your faith in God. That doesn't mean that you might not wonder how it's all gonna work out or what tomorrow might bring. It doesn't mean that. But if you will not allow your circumstances to dictate your faith and you say, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that I serve a God who has never failed me yet. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's never gonna leave me or forsake me and nothing can separate me from his love. I'm not super sure right now if these bones are gonna live if I'm being honest, but I I know in whom I have believed. I know Jesus is the savior of my soul. He's the keeper of my heart. I know him and he knows me. I am fully persuaded and I am confident that he is able to guard all that I have entrusted unto him until the day I die and I see him face to face. So right here, Right here in this place where the bones are dry, where I seem to be going under and I just can't catch my breath, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna use the breath that I do have to declare that if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm not gonna let these present circumstances dictate my faith because the word of God tells me that sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I can say, listen, you can say, I can say with the psalmist when he said, if I ascend to the heavens or I make my bed in hell, if I ride the wings of the morning or settle by the farthest sea, you are with me. So no matter where you find yourselves at tonight, ladies, the Lord is there. He is with you. You might be on the mountain, you might be in the valley, but he is there. He is in the healing. He is there with you in the sickness. He is there with you in the trouble. He is there with you in the chaos, at a graveside, in a cancer ward, in a divorce court, in an employment line. God is with you. I don't know if these dry bones can live, but you do. And then he said, to me. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He said to me, who me? You mean me? You're saying, wait, let me make sure I'm tracking with you. You mean you want me. Then he said to me, prophesy. He said, you say it. You may know it, but you've got to speak it. You keep saying, I'm waiting on God, but God said, I have already prophesied over you. I've already prophesied over your life. And now you need to get a hold of those things and you need to go to war with the prophecies that I have already spoken over you. Prophesy, dry bones, hear the 
prophecy. Defeat and addiction is not my prophecy. My children messed up and junk and going this way and going that way is not my prophecy. My family falling apart is not my prophecy. Depression and anxiety is not my prophecy. I am going to speak to these dead, dry bones, and I'm going to prophesy the word of the Lord. I will speak of what shall be. I say to those dry bones that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I speak to those dry bones that I have the mind of Christ. My children and my grandchildren and every generation that follows me, should the Lord tarry, they're going to live for Jesus and they're going to use vitally for his glory and for his purpose and for his power. I prophesy that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ladies, you got to get it into your spirit. You got to get it into your heart. You got to get it from your thinker to your knower to your speaker. You got to say it. The book of Mark chapter 11 says, whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, who does not doubt, but believes in his heart, the things he said will come to pass. It will be done. He's saying, you've got to talk to the mountains. You've got to speak with all the power and the authority that you have. You have in the name of Jesus. You've got to talk to the sin. You've got to talk to the lies. You've got to speak to the addiction. You've got to speak to the demons. And you have to go to war with prophecy. Ladies, it is a matter of life and death. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about like good vibes. I'm not talking about self-help. I know this is messing with some of your all's theology, but listen, it's nothing for you guys to say to your kids, you is smart, you is kind, you is funny. Like we buy our girls t-shirts that say confident. I'm talking about speaking the word of God over your children because the word of God, it is a lamp unto your feet and it's a light unto your path. It is a firm foundation. The word of God has the power to convict us of sin, to teach us truth, and to lead us into righteousness. You want your kids to know the difference between right and wrong? Teach them the word of God. Speak the word of God over their lives. Read the word of God with them at night before they go to bed. You want them to know the difference between the world and the church. Speak the word, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will convict us of sin and dispel our own self-deception. You gotta speak it out of your mouth. The word of God won't return empty. It won't return void, but it will accomplish what it is sent forth 
to do. And so tonight, ladies, I speak life over you. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Word of God says you are free from the law of sin and death. You are far from oppression. You will not live in fear. You have been redeemed from the curse of sin, of sickness, and of poverty. You have the mind of Christ. You have the peace of God which surpasses understanding. And the Spirit of God, who is greater than any enemy that lives in the world, lives in you. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Verse five, out of Ezekiel 37, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. Can you feel your faith rising as the word of God is spoken over you tonight? Can you feel it? Verse seven, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. There was a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin appeared on them. But there was no breath in them. Isn't that where we started our night tonight? No breath in them. I mean, the snake, as Revelation says, the, the old serpent, the devil, Satan, he, he wants to take everything from you and leave you breathless. And ladies, even though we have worshiped and the word of God has come forth, and you can't tell me that you haven't felt his presence here tonight, but even then, even now, the enemy wants to come in and he wants you to give up. He wants to steal every moment that you've had in this place tonight. Don't do that. Don't let him do that. I believe that you're in the middle of a miracle. I think you're just right in the middle of it, on the precipice of God doing something powerful in your life. Don't give up. The Bible says there was no breath in them. Verse nine, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. There was no breath, so prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they might live. Breath, wind, breathe. Prophesy to your breath. That word there in the, in the Hebrew, it's Old Testament, is ruach. You want to say it? You got to. You want to say it? 
Ready? Ruach. That's the word. That's the word. The word of the day. Ruach. Prophesy to the breath. That's referring to your spirit man. That's referring to the part of you that was created. It was made to commune with God. That spirit man is beyond your physical. It's the inside. It's the spirit. And then he says, come breath. Guess what that word is? Again, ruach. Come breath. Only this time, it's referring to the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. He's saying prophesy to your inner man, to your spirit, that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to breathe life into you. Tell yourself that that is a matter of fact. God's word says it and so I believe it. And the Holy Spirit comes because he does a work in us. The Bible says that he will convict us of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Notice he doesn't say that he will convict condemn us. He says he will convict us. He will draw us unto himself. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. And so prophesy to your spirit that the Holy Spirit is going to come and breathe life. Come breath from the four winds. From the four winds. It was windy out there tonight. My hair looked way better when I left the house this afternoon than after I stood in line for coffee. Was that not good coffee? It was good coffee. But, but those winds, they were blowing. And it was strong winds. The Bible says, come breath from the four winds. Can you imagine winds blowing in from the north and the south and the west and the east? And they're all culminating in one point. Do you understand, ladies, that as we prophesy to the wind, to the spirit of God, that the winds are blowing in a way that is culminating here in this place tonight to give you life and to give you hope and to give you healing and to restore you and to make you whole. The power of God is surrounding you on every side. You can't escape from him. And breathe, the Bible says, and breathe, give life into the slain. Breathe into those who are dead. Breathe into those who have no hope. Breathe into those whose eternity is at stake. Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.